Star Wars 7x7 episode 1148. Today I'm talking about the other vehicle that was revealed during the Star Wars show on Wednesday and further elaborated upon at StarWars.com. It is the First Order Dreadnought. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And just like with the ATM6 discussion that we had yesterday, I think the First Order Dreadnought discussion, particularly the interview with Kevin Jenkins, who's the design supervisor for Lucasfilm, the interview seems to suggest something about The Last Jedi. Now, here's where we begin. First of all, this is a capital ship. This is how it's been described by Kevin Jenkins. So, uh, do you want to go out on a limb and suggest that Supreme Leader Snoke is on this one? Mm, It's entirely possible, but I have a feeling it might not be the case, and I will explain why. It hinges on what we know about the end of The Force Awakens and what has been said by Ryan Johnson about the beginning of The Last Jedi. So, of course, Starkiller Base was destroyed at the end of The Force Awakens, but the First Order knows exactly where the Resistance Base is on Dakar. And so Ryan Johnson has said that the First Order is going to come out very strong in the beginning of The Last Jedi, and we know that they've got to evacuate on Dakar. They've got to get somewhere else as quick as they can. So there's a good chance, I would say, that this First Order Dreadnought is going to show up at Dakar And those big orbital autocannons that they talked about on the Star Wars show, well, that seems exactly like the sort of thing that the First Order would use to rain chaos down on the Resistance base. Meanwhile, General Hux has very specific instructions. He is to find Kylo Ren and pick him up and cart him off to wherever Supreme Leader Snoke is so that Snoke might finish Kylo Ren's training. So in a rather interesting way, and in a bit of an aside, it could be the case that we're going to have some mirror image stuff happening in The Last Jedi. While we have Rey being trained, however reluctantly, by Luke, It seems like we might also have Kylo Ren being trained, however reluctantly, by Supreme Leader Snoke. But it seems like having that training go on on the same ship that is blowing the heck out of the base where Kylo Ren's mother's been hanging out, it doesn't seem like the best of ideas, not even for Snoke. So I have a feeling that Snoke is not on this ship, however... That doesn't necessarily mean that he's not on some other ship like this because we hear about that whole First Order fleet transport thing from the D23 Expo. And so maybe this is the ship that they need DJ Benicio Del Toro's character for. Maybe this is the ship that they need to slice and turn back against the First Order. It's certainly big enough to fit the description of the kind of ship that that First Order fleet transport is zooming around inside of. More than seven kilometers, more than seven and a half kilometers, actually. And that, for those of you not on the metric system, would be about four and three quarter miles long. And something that's particularly fascinating about the Dreadnought ship is that it was in the script that there was going to be a kind of ship called a Dreadnought, but they didn't necessarily know what it was going to be. And there were some initial design passes that were approved and basically like, okay, this is good enough for filming. But 
According to Kevin Jenkins, they didn't really define the ship until they got into post-production. So, you know, if you don't sit around thinking about exactly how they make movies or how, you know, if you don't necessarily know how the process works, can you imagine that, you know, they're doing principal photography and all they know is like they're flying around on a giant ship and they've got, you know, Poe and whoever else inside X-Wing cockpits that they're flying in close up and they've, you know, got them bouncing around on a stage with green screen in the background and they're yelling out lines of dialogue, but they have no idea what they're flying around. They've just been told it's this ginormous Star Destroyer-like ship and they have to define all of this in post-production. So I have a feeling Oscar Isaac and the rest of the folks inside X-Wings are all going to be shocked when they see what it is that they've been buzzing around. And I do think that it's got to be a First Order versus Resistance situation where this thing shows up and that we have to have X-Wing pilots and probably A-Wing pilots too flying around this thing because in the article here, Kevin says that, you know, initially he thought, you know, the we need another ship thing. He says, I thought it was just a flippant, oh, we just need another thing. And it turned into a whole sequence around what it needed to be. So there's actually a whole sequence centered around a situation with this ship, with this giant dreadnought, with the two orbital autocannons that unlock and drop down from underneath the thing, and they were inspired by the big guns on battleships. And Jenkins said that part of the requirement was also to make the top of the surface of the thing flat. So that was a design requirement, and of course it makes you wonder why did it have to be flat? Why was it not that wedge shape like the traditional Star Destroyer, for example? So Seems like there's something going on here, doesn't it? And they said they were going to have radar dishes on the the back of this thing or the top of this thing. When they say dorsal, they're talking about the top and the bottom and they're talking about the top for dorsal. So they were going to have radar dishes and then when they were looking at an early cut, Kevin Jenkins says that he and Ryan looked at it and said, we need guns, just we need guns. So they've got turbo lasers, you know, like little turbo lasers peppered all over the surface of this thing. So, of course, now all I can think of is the original Star Wars arcade game, you know, the the 8-bit graphic ones where, you know, you fly along the surface of the Death Star shooting towers and shooting these little gun emplacements and whatnot. So I haven't seen any towers on this thing, but it certainly looks like it has that same sort of feel where we're going to see X-Wings flying around and dodging these cannons and maybe shooting some of them off the surface too. All right, there's one other bit of information to share about the Dreadnought that I'm going to share with you after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside, you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, sw7x7.com slash tfa welcome back so before we get to that last bit of information if i didn't draw the line clearly i may as well just say that it sounds to me like the sequence that they need it for in general is the destruction of the resistance base on dakar and i'm guessing a possibility speculating a possibility that they need to hack and slice the thing with the help of dj benicio del toro because that sucker is going to find them on crate and they need to make sure that they deactivate the thing before it's able to wipe that base out as well so 
I'll put that speculation out there and ask you what you think about it. And please do let me know at the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. Now, for that last thing to share with you about the Dreadnought, Kevin Jenkins in the interview on StarWars.com says that he thinks it's hopefully cool, or he says it's hopefully cool because of what it does and its design makes sense for the story, and then hopefully future generations will think it's cool because of what it ends up doing in the movie, which of course is very intriguing. And then he follows that up with saying that's why it has the super wide bridge. When it's lit, it's like a submarine because everything goes red when it's going to fire. So that sounds a bit nerve-wracking for sure. I mean, I don't know what the cycle time is in between launching shots out of those orbital autocannons, but if it's revving up to fire multiple times in one action sequence, you can imagine the tension that's going to build as soon as they see, oh no, this thing's about to fire again, look out. And heck, I guess it's worth asking the question, what are the chances that the First Order flies one of these things to Act 2 also to try and utterly destroy Luke Skywalker while he's still on the planet? Mm-hmm. Food for thought for the weekend. <laughs> In the meantime, that's going to do it for today's podcast. And as promised, we'll talk about Supreme Leader Snoke and some things that have been suggested by these reveals more than what I've talked about today. But until tomorrow, I just want to say may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you engage those Star Destroyers at point-blank range, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not the shortest offensive of all time. It's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.